Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Clydesdale Media News. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale, and I have with me Taylor Detman. You may know her as Taylor Stride. Um, as you see the stuff behind her, yeah. all her accolades are Stride. But she recently got married. We're not, regretfully, we're not here to talk about that. No. Uh, we're here to talk about some other stuff. But I want to preface the whole conversation with this. Um, I am friends with Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, I am friends with her communications person, media person, um, Teddy. They are on, their podcast is on our platform. Um, we love them to death. But I want to be transparent about all of that because the facts of her case are very straightforward, very shocking in my opinion. The other thing I want to say is I've been around the sports world for a very long time and drug testing and drug results are something that I've become numb to over the years. But hearing Blue City's story and specifically Taylor and Steve, what they went through shocked me. And if it did that to me, what they were up against, what they had to endure, during this process and the result of what came of it um, shocks me who is numb to these things. I think it's going to shock you as well. So Taylor, welcome to the show. I wish it was under better circumstances. Yeah, no, we appreciate, I appreciate you having us on. So me, I want to start with, yeah, I want to start with, I, I listened to the podcast. Mm -hmm. I've listened to Hiller's rebuttal of, of the, your podcast but I want to get the details from you and I want to walk through the timeline bit by bit so that I can ask some follow-up questions as we go. Yeah. So this whole story starts, you and Blue City were trying to make your second straight CrossFit games. You yep. had made the games in 2021 and you were now at the Syndicate Crown in 2022 and you competed there. So let's walk through that weekend because it's important to get that foundation for the story. Yeah, so we uh, were, yeah, as you said, trying to qualify for the CrossFit Games as a team for the second time in a row. So we qualified in 2021. Um, 2022, we kind of had to retool our team a little bit, but we had a new team going forward into the semifinals. Um, and, you know, we had all intentions at the Syndicate Crown for and qualifying for the CrossFit Games. So you go through the weekend, you get to Saturday night, mm -hmm. and you are, you're close, but not quite in, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So we were in seventh place going into Sunday, the last day of the competition. Um, we were 10 points out, which if you like know in the CrossFit scheme of things, that's literally two places. Um, so super close for us as a team in qualifying. Um, and we had two events left on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. So. So event five was a very long workout. Yeah. And. And it really took it out of your team, uh, trying to compete for those few points. Yeah. So event five, um, for us, it just kind of hit us all like a bag of bricks, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, it did everybody. It was one of those workouts. I think it was like a 25 minute long workout. Um, you know, and everyone was literally, you were working the entire time. This wasn't like you can hide a teammate. Everyone was doing something the entire time. So it was one of those workouts where we got off the floor and um, all of us were in a world of pain and we had a really quick turnaround. So how they worked the schedule, they had um, two heats. They had the um, first heat go do that long workout. Then they had our heat go and do that, that workout. And there was only a 15 minute turnaround between the two events um, where the days before they had a little bit longer turnaround because they had some individuals events in between, but for some reason they didn't this day. Um, and so we had about, I think, 30 minutes from when we got off the floor to when we'd be back on the floor again. Um, and just a really quick turnaround when, when we stepped off the floor, we needed, um, we were kind of all exhausted, dehydrated. We needed, you know, we were scrambling for something to help pick us up. <laughs> so for our listeners, 
you generally do not take supplements at all. No, I don't. Um, I We've been around the CrossFit world long enough, and it kind of seems like these stories come out every year where someone, um, you know, consumes protein or pre-workout or whatever it may be, and there's some sort of banned substance in it, and they get a positive drug test. So um, I'm pretty anal about that. I don't normally take any sort of supplements. Um, but this, so in 2021, when we qualified for the CrossFit Games, um, we had taken this electrolyte packet, um, and the one of the girls that was on the team um, sent it to us as kind of like a uh, care package before the event. And so we had these electrolytes, and I was like, we took them after we did a um, four mile ruck run, and so it was a, another long event in 2021. And, um, you know, we were like, Oh, they like brought us back to life, whatever. Um, so we thought, you know, same thing this year, um, after that long event, we would take the same electrolyte packets. Um, so we, after that workout, put them in our water bottle, you know, drank those water bottles and then went back out on the competition floor. Can you explain for me certified for sport? Yeah. So, (laughs) um, we've learned a lot about this in the past, I don't know, eight months, but there's NSF, which is uh, basically certified safe for consumption. Um, And that's what there's a lot of food uh, supplements, all that kind of stuff that is falls under that umbrella. And then there's safe for sport, which um, are when they specifically test certain batches of products. So like in this case, um, they would test certain batches of these electrolytes, uh, do further testing and make sure there's nothing in them. And those safe for sport, um, it's kind of like a blanket statement at a certain point, but there are certain specific batches that um, are truly safe for sport. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, yeah. but you checked you checked these electrolyte packets yes. on the site. And I want to share a screen mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Uh, this is, no, I take that back. There we go. Um, so this is NSF, yes, uh, certified for sport, and you see, I I just put in um, electrolyte mm-hmm. into the search, and it lists all these different electrolytes. Yep. And what I did is I expanded a couple of them to see that, like this is, and we're not naming the the product, no, but just an example, Adapt Super Water. You click on the down arrow, and it lists all the flavors mm-hmm. um, that are associated with that really nothing on this website other than here's a list of products. We are certified for sport. Yep. And I just want the listeners to see that. Yeah. There really, there's, there's no other information on this website other than, and there's our sponsor C4. Yeah. They are throughout uh, this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So you see that they're just listed. There's no additional information given on this website other than a list of products. Yep. So you checked your electrolyte packets mm-hmm. on this website. Yeah. So I checked um, their website and it says that. And then I also checked that um, NSF Safer Sport website as well. And they're listed under there as well. So you take the packet. Mm-hmm. You guys finish in seventh place. Yep. Typically in years past, seventh place meant you don't even get drug tested. Correct. It was just the top five, but because of some of the drug violations the year before and the delay it caused in getting people to the games, they went a couple steps further. Mm -hmm. So you in seventh place and the sixth place team both got tested. Yeah. And at the time, like Steve and I were like, this is great. Like we, you know, um, we, they're expanding the drug testing program, you know, at a certain point, like all these people are competing for these top spots, you know, we should all be drug tested in kind of our minds. So we were excited that they were testing the top seven. Um, and then for us too, we're like, well, if someone in the top five, you know, two teams in the top five pop, which did happen the year before, like, heck, we might, you know, get an invite again. So you leave that competition. I actually saw mm-hmm. you right after. Yep. You were very disappointed yeah. uh, because you had been to the games the year before. You were trying to get back and and you didn't meet that goal. So mm-hmm. you leave the facility, you you go back about your business, you've got a wedding to plan, yeah. you've got other things going on in your life. And then was it like a month later 
that Steve got the first email? Um, I think it was about three, three weeks, two to three weeks, somewhere in that time frame. Um, it was the beginning. So we competed like, I think March or sorry, May 20 something. And Steve got his, um, notification the beginning of June, like middle of June. He gets the email, mm -hmm. um, on the podcast. He admits he's not the best person at checking his email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so he, I mean, his email actually went to his like spam folder. So it's his normal like email, which he gets all the CrossFit emails to his like direct thing, but that it's a different email. So it's under drug testing at CrossFit at Gmail or whatever it is. Um, and so it's different. And so it went to his spam. So he's like, he was actually super lucky at even like showed up on his radar um, because you only get such a, you get a short time frame to respond to it. Yeah. So, and I believe that that time frame is 72 hours. Yep. To that respond. first time frame is, yes. And you have to say whether you want your B sample tested. Yep. If you want your B sample tested and anything that you were taking supplement wise. So um, the B sample goes, do you have to pay CrossFit to test it? Yeah. So I think it's $200 um, to test your B sample. And it, they say, you know, it can take anywhere from a week to like seven to 14 days. But you have to do that step to be able to go to any kind of appeal process. Correct. I guess in that first email back to them too, you also have to say if you're, if you're going to appeal it or not, or if you would like to have the option to appeal it or not. So you clarify that as well. Yeah. So you, you pay the $200. So, so what's going on with the camp, right? It's just Steve that's gotten the email at this point. Mm -hmm. You as a team, what, what's going through your head? I'm, I mean, we were shocked. It was one of those things that, um, I mean, I've competed alongside Steve for a long time and, um, you know, we both are pro take pride in being clean athletes. And so I was very shocked and we were initially just, we were scrambling. We were trying to figure out, like he had taken some, um, like ashwanga, like different things like sleep, help him sleep. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out what potentially could, could he have taken that would have had a positive drug test. And so for, for four weeks, you think it's just Steve yeah. and you guys are just kind of rallying around him to try to help him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't get my, um, email until like, I think three and a half, four weeks after Steve's email, um, that I had a positive drug test as well. So at the time he was testing some of his supplements, um, because you have such a short window. So that technically you're, you get a 10 days um, after your B sample comes back to submit your appeal. And so I think his B sample actually took like 14 days and then he had 10 days after that to submit his appeal. Um, and my positive drug test showed up really quickly or really close to the end of his deadline um, for when he could submit his appeal. So he was testing his supplements, um, couldn't find anything, you know, and each supplement um, costs. And, and at this time frame, because you have such a short window, you have to pay for expedited testing. And so it's about $700 to test a supplement and it's about $300 extra to expedite it. So it's about a thousand dollars to supplement to, you know, test each one. So he's, he's going through a, a variety of different sleep type supplements he was taking. Mm -hmm. I got to ask this as, as a teammate, did you immediately like believe him and support him? How much did you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Steve and I are super close and, um, I, I immediately was like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. You know, let's help you do this. So, um, yeah, I mean, no questions asked ever. So then your, your test comes back and that actually in one way helps out the team because yeah. you now know the one thing the two of you took. Yeah. I mean, we were trying to rack like our brain initially what what I possibly could have taken like we were like we ate Chinese food the night before like you know who knows and then all of a sudden um we started thinking about it and I was like the one thing that we took was this electrolyte supplement after event five before event six um and that was the same the only thing that we both uh oh I lost your audio oh no All right. Is a hey, cat. Are you still in the, are you still in the chat? Can you hear me? Can you guys hear Taylor? 
if someone can let us know. Because I can't hear Taylor. Let me see something real quick. So Kat can't hear Taylor, but can hear Scott. So now you're muted. Say something now. Nope. So while Taylor's trying to figure this out. Um, Can you hear me at oh, all? I think I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. gotcha. Okay. Sorry. So, so now we're at the point where you, you're racking your brain as to what you could have taken. You had Chinese food, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then it went to, well, we took these hydration sticks. Yeah. And so that's, or electrolyte sticks or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, when we realized that um, we immediately were kind of in that phase where we're like, okay, I, we got to send this off um, expedited again and just pray it comes back in time um, that, you know, it'll be back potentially that if it's positive, it'll be back before Steve's appeal is due. Um, And so we got, super lucky. It's one of those like moments that you'll never forget. I was, I got the email at work and I was like driving home and I, and I didn't want to open it at work. So I didn't want to know, um, you know, one way or another, that was the only thing that I could have taken that had something in it. And so I got home and opened the email and it was like, it's positive for Austrian. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like th- this is crazy. And so I immediately called Steve. Um, and he had talked to, he's been, uh, buddied up with a lawyer. And so his lawyer was like, okay, I'll clear the schedule for tomorrow and try to, you know, submit this appeal, um, before the deadline, basically with this information in it. And if, and if I remember right in the podcast, it was like a 27 page document from the lab detailing, um, everything about it. Yes. Um, so I want to wait on kind of their analysis until we get a little further down the road mm-hmm. because you guys were in a rush because Steve's deadline was coming imminently. Like, I and mean, then you, like you had a little more time to get it in. Yeah. So you, you get a, you move on and now you have your appeal too, because Steve just did it. And now mm-hmm. you kind of, for lack of a better term, could copy and paste. Yeah. And, um, Basically, yeah, more or less. I mean, basically what CrossFit had said, though, is since the supplement was in my possession, um, I was the one that had it tested. Like I was going to be the one that was like tried first that could do my appeal first. Um, But they the timing of when I submitted my appeal was literally like the day after the games. And so, you know, CrossFit kind of it took them. I mean, I submitted my appeal way before that because we had all the information already. Um, But it took them a long time to actually get back to me. that they were, I'm sure they had a lot of stuff they were cleaning up after the games and whatnot. So um, we didn't actually start kind of getting more into the weeds of things with CrossFit until say like September or end of August, beginning of September. So my first question is you checked on the website. It says it was safe for sport. Mm -hmm. You did your due diligence as an athlete to make sure that what you're putting in your body was, was supposed to be okay. Mm-hmm. what did you learn at that point as to why it wasn't okay? Um, so when I, so uh, when I got my B sample back, I immediately, um, it's Curtis is the one that you email back and forth. So when I got my B sample back, I immediately emailed him and said, I have this, you know, documentation of this electrolyte supplement being positive for Austrian, which what was in my um, positive drug test, you know, and I'd like to, uh, you know, basically, further discuss this with you because I'd like you to hold off on announcing this kind of thing, you know? Um, and so Curtis at that time, uh, emailed me back and said, Hey, would you be able to jump on a phone call later tonight? And I was like, sure, why not? Um, so we get on the phone call and he, at that point says, um, you know, I had to call my friend at the NSF to discuss this. Um, I, you know, was looking, there's an app. He's like, I was looking on the app in the batch number of your, um, electrolyte supplement is not actually NSF safe for sport. It's only NSF certified. Um, and I was, we were like, well, what does that mean? You know? And he was like, well, I had to call my friend that talked to him. And he said that how these companies do it, they can't um, test every batch to be quote unquote safe for sport. 
And so they just have a blanket statement and that um, some of these, you know, go directly into that app because those are the ones that are. Um, but it's extremely misleading. And it's one of those things. And Curtis even said to me, he's like, you know, you did your due diligence, you put all this effort into it. Um, it's misleading and we'll work with you to, you know, try to help. Um, you know, there's going to be a sentence because it was in your you know, system. And we're like, we totally get that. We understand that. Um, but, you know, we'll work with you to, you know, make this easier for all you guys kind of thing. And at this point, you know that it was in your system. You know you're going to have to pay a penalty. You're just looking for a reduction on the sentence. Correct. I mean, we knew, like, if you read the, you know, CrossFit drug testing policy, if it's in your, it's a zero, you know, zero tolerance. So if you have something in your system, you're going to get a sentence. And we were fine with that. Obviously upset, but fine with it, you know. So Curtis had to call his friend at NSF. And that is because he didn't know about the batch process in addition to the website. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know. And, you know, he said, I mean, he said multiple times in conversation, it's misleading, confusing. You did your due diligence, you know. Okay, so he admits that you did everything in your power to check the supplement you took. And in the, the next step, he didn't even know existed prior to your case. Correct. He had no clue. Okay. So with that, that goes off. The other question I have is, you know, they're, they're very adamant about saying repeatedly that you're responsible for what you put in your body yet because you were in possession, you had to go on trial or appeal first. It seems like a contradiction of, of statements because Steve is just as responsible for what he took as you are yet because you were in possession of it, they deemed that to be a higher, almost a higher, a hierarchy that had to Mm -hmm. take place before Steve could go. Yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just a detail that I didn't hear before and I just wanted clarification on. Yeah. So, um, so then we move on and during your appeal process, you are looking at what the lab wrote up about what they found. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important because I think people are getting the statement confused, including CrossFit HQ. So could you, do you have that with you? The statement that they said about the, the product? Um, in the, so I'm, I think I'm confused by your question. So I know in your podcast, you had said that the lab had stated that the levels of Austrian found in the product were at a level that wasn't cross-contamination. Correct. Yes. So again, we've learned a lot about (laughs) drug testing and how all this stuff works. So um, they did say, you know, they have the actual level in there um, and it's, I I can't even remember off the top of my head, but it tells you, they told us that it's higher than cross-contamination, which cross-contamination is if someone, um, you know, if they're, I guess the product is specifically being spiked with something um, and they, you know, clean that product out and then they mix another batch. Um, And so our levels were higher than that. But what they were consistent with was intentional spiking by potentially a manufacturer. Um, And so that was, you know, where we were kind of basically going off of because we had not, you know, they that still could have happened within the manufacturing process. So in the statement, and I, and I think Teddy wrote, read it aloud or Matt did on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And it said intentionally spiked by the manufacturer. Yes. Not by you or Steve, yes. but by the manufacturer. Yes. And I think that's a piece that did, that wasn't as clear throughout the, the story. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get that down. So, and I think Matt talked about the cost of Austrine is so low that many supplement companies kind of add it to a batch so people feel better and get more effects from it. And he, they, and he got this from some research that he had done. So we actually, in the process of all of this, we talked to a couple of different labs to potentially get our supplements tested. And the one that he talked to takes up to four weeks to get tested. So we couldn't, we didn't have the time to do that. Um, and, but he talked to that guy for, I think like 
20 or 30 minutes. And he was like, you know, they have Austrian and the, the guy said that, um, you know, a lot of the things that they actually have tested, like that people have tested are actually positive with Austrian in them. And he's like, you know, we see that that is the most common thing that people put in their supplements um, because it's very, you know, cost effective and it's very efficient or effective. So, um, but yeah, and you know, there's been a lot of articles from different CrossFit news sources coming out recently talking about how common, um, you know, different things are in different supplements and how, you know, 20, 10 to 20% of all supplements are usually have something that's not on the label um, in them when they actually go and test them. So. Yeah. Shocking that that stuff is allowed to happen. It's insane. In our country <laughs> still to this day. Yeah. Um, so you're going through the appeal process mm-hmm. now. Can you explain to me what that looks like? And what it looked like during the hearing. Yeah. So there's a couple of things kind of, I guess, before. So um, I I didn't hire a lawyer because we had found the supplement. We thought it was a very clear and cut dry case. Um, one of my um, friends is a lawyer and they helped us write our appeal, do all this different stuff um, and going into it. And so CrossFit actually came back and asked me if they could talk to the electrolyte company um, on my behalf. And I was like, sure. Like, why not? Um, they're like, we're just trying to figure out, you know, the potential source. And I was like, okay, like, that's totally fine. Um, and then they came back and asked me again, if they could talk to the lab as well, that had done our testing. And I was like, yeah, like, I've got nothing to hide, go for it. Um, and so after that, they, uh, you know, came back and we were getting ready for the, um, our appeal, uh, process, which I think was set up maybe October, middle of October, um, And, you know, they're going through this and they came back to us and they're like, well, we talked to the electrolyte company and they said that they would never do that. Um, And they, you know, said that they talked to the uh, lab as well. And they told them the same thing, that it was too high of levels for cross-contamination. But, um, you know, it was could have been intentional manufacturing uh, or intentional spiking by the manufacturer. And, you know, that's something that they see all the time. Um, So when we get to our hearing, you know, CrossFit kind of spun the story on us all of a sudden and said that, you know, well, since the electrolyte company said they didn't do it and the levels were too high for cross-contamination that they, that we tampered with it. And it was one of those things that um, were like, excuse me, like we have all these documentation saying that it could have been intentional manufacturer spiking. And this is what you come back to. Like, of course, the electrolyte company is going to say they wouldn't do that. Like who's going to put their you know, billion dollar company on the line like that. Yeah. How many car thieves say, yeah, I, I steal cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those things. So, you know, we get into um, my actual appeal and there are four or three people from CrossFit representing um, CrossFit on the call. Curtis, uh, a bowler, um, Adrian Bosman and Dave Eubanks, Eubanks were all on the call. And, you know, um, Curtis was, you know, relatively engaged with us during it, but, you know, the other two were, were not. Um, and it was just one of those frustrating things where we got on the call and felt like their mind was already made up before we even started talking and we couldn't defend ourselves in any manner at that point. And aren't they part of the group that makes the initial decision? Yes. And that's... (laughs) That's the crazy thing. So, you know, they're the part that makes the initial decision. They're the part that does all the detective work for CrossFit. And then they're also the part that does the appeal. Um, and there's no other third party at any time, no other unbiased party at any time within this entire appeal process. So just to recap, you take a supplement for, and you don't even do that very often at no. the Syndicate Crown. You and Steve both pop on the same day, mm-hmm. but your notification of drug test are almost a month apart. Mm-hmm. You, but when you find out it's both of you, you are able to identify what the supplement was. You have it tested. It comes back positive for Ostrin mm-hmm. and, and at levels that are not from cross-contamination, but intentional spiking by a manufacturer written in the lab report. Yep. CrossFit then asks you permission to talk to your people at the lab 
and to go to the manufacturing of manufacture of the supplement, mm-hmm. the the lab points the finger at the manufacturer. The manufacturer denies it. CrossFit takes them at their word and moves forward and now spins it on you. And now you're sitting in an appeal with the same people who have investigated and made the initial decision and only one of them is engaged. Correct. Yep. That basically is nail on the head. So you go through the process. Mm -hmm. Do you get your decision that day? Does it happen? No. So they actually, actually, this is what CrossFit to kind of take this a step further. And like, they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Um, We finish our hearing and then they did actually, so we attempted to have um, the same batch source. So we talked to the electrolyte company. They told us that they, they was like, Oh, we never had any problems with that batch before in the conversation. Um, We had the lab that we had test um, our electrolyte actually go and try to source that batch as well. And they couldn't find it, but that was another cost to us to have it sourced. Um, And, you know, they couldn't find it anyway. So this, this batch number that we have is basically non-existent um, outside that we can't even try to test it to show that potentially it was spiked by the manufacturer because we can't find it, you know? Um, So what CrossFit did though, is, you know, they um, had a different batch with a different expiration date tested, um, but from the same electrolyte company and it comes back negative. And then they put in the email um, that they sent to me. And it was about two weeks later, they sent me an email saying my four-year ban. Um, they said, if it, uh, if it would have come back positive, that would have helped our case. But I'm like, that doesn't even make sense because if it would have, it, it would have come back positive, it's a, it's a different batch number. It's a different expiration date. It's not even the same situation, you know? And so and, and who supplied the other batch? What'd you say? Who supplied the other batch? I, uh, the lab that they had test the batch. I'm not even sure who supplied it at that point. Um, I'm not sure if they went and picked it up at the drugstore and put it in. I'm not sure. Or did they go back to the the manufacturer and say, Hey, can you give me another tub for us to test? I, yeah, I, I'm not even sure how that happened, but it, it, like I said, it's like one of those things. And it's like, it's if it was positive, it would have helped your case. But then the fact that it's negative, it, I take that as it hurt our case. But that doesn't even make sense because it you can't compare apples to oranges, you know? Right. So let's back up a little bit. So what you took were in a stick form. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that is, like they sell hydration sticks, a bunch of companies sell them. Um, heck, Crystal Light sells yeah. stuff in sticks Yep. where you get a box of 12, 16, 24, whatever it might be. And you open up a sealed stick, you pop it open put mm-hmm. it in your water bottle, shake it up and drink it. Yep. You actually had unopened sticks left from the box that you used. Yep. And those are the sticks you sent to the lab. Correct. And in the report, the lab stated that the sticks came in untampered with and unopened. Yeah. Correct. Completely sealed, no tampering. Yet... <laughs> God, this it just blows my mind how illogical this all sounds. So then now at the end at the end of this whole thing, CrossFit saying we need to test more from that batch. It is also required by supplement companies to keep a little bit of every batch and lot number yep. on hand for testing. Yes. When you requested that, they did not have it. Correct. And they directly to the company, they said they they didn't tell us they didn't have it. They said they had never had any issues with that before. But then when we asked the lab to source it, they couldn't source it either. So it's just magically disappeared somewhere. Okay. So oh, all of I, that is going on, right? You can't find hide nor hair of anything from this batch. Mm-hmm. miraculously it's all disappeared. Yep. Yeah. Very <clears throat> frustrating. Okay. And then you just said you got the email saying, well, we tested another batch number and mm-hmm. it came back not having it in there. So that could have helped your case, but 
and didn't say in so many words it hurt it, but in essence it did. Kind of implied that it hurt our case, yeah. Right. And like you said, it's apples to oranges. They're two different batches. They were made with different ingredients. So it's basically like (laughs) testing an apple over here and an orange over there. Yeah. And yet with all of the questions, all of the steps that CrossFit did not understand, you still got a four-year ban. Even though you proved where it came from, Mm -hmm. you proved the source in an unopen, untampered with package. Yeah. Then at the end of the, the, and correct me if I'm wrong, at the end of all this, there was a picture of what the lab had done. And that was the package after they had tested it, after they had opened it, Mm -hmm. after they took notes on it. And they, and when the lab does this, they do a chain of um, possession, chain of custody, where like four people have to sign off every time it moves to another hand. Mm -hmm. And CrossFit looked at that picture and said, looks like it was tampered with to me. I mean, more or less. Yeah. So we, um, CrossFit talked to the director of the lab. And the director of the lab in the whole entire chain of custody doesn't have any, um, doesn't sign off on it until the very end. Um, but when all of the things have been tested, opened, all that kind of stuff, there's no, not a signature anywhere. Um, and so he, the, they're talking to the director of the lab and he's looking at the pictures after everything's already been done. And, the and pictures he's have, the one that made that statement? Yes. Never having possessed it through the Mm -hmm. entire chain of custody yeah, and only seeing the picture after the lab opened it and tested the product inside. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, um, I I don't know exactly what he said. I wasn't on, you know, the call with them at any point, but, um, you know, he's, you know, said that it potentially could have been and said, you know, we've seen manufacturing that happens all the time. Um, but yeah. And, you know, said in the intake of everything, It just, it's one of those things that just doesn't make sense because it says specifically in this packet that in the intake, it was sealed, unopened, everything. Like, it, it, I don't know where this information is coming from. Good God. I'm actually getting upset just talking <laughs> to you about this. And, and I think I'm, I'm losing focus. So I'm trying to take a deep breath. No, it's... I, it, so you, you are not looking for absolution on this. You don't you don't expect them to lift this ban off of you. No. What you're trying to do now is to educate athletes yeah. on all of the all of the trip ups that can happen through the supplement process. Yeah. So first and foremost, if you don't have to take a supplement, don't take it. Right. Basically, yeah. Um, two, two, the when you check it on a website. That is not good enough anymore. Correct. You have to look at the lot or batch number. Mm-hmm. You have to look up at that batch number and make sure that that is okay to take. Yeah, there's an app. So it's like, it's not even easy to find. I don't even, I haven't found it on the website, but there's an app, NSF Certified Safe for Sport, that lists the batch numbers. Um, the frustrating thing with that is like, you know, you have all these products that have, they literally have the stamp on it, save for sport. And none of those batch numbers actually are listed on that website. So you don't know, like when you buy a supplement, if you're buying it off of Amazon, you have no idea what batch number you're getting. Um, and, you know, what are you going to do? Just continue to buy the same supplement over and over and over again until you get a safe for sport one, you know? Uh, it's one of those things that, yeah, if, if you don't have to take a supplement, I would recommend not taking a supplement because it's, it's hard to actually hit the jackpot and find one that's safe for sport. It just reminds me of Tommy boy. When he says, I can put a piece of shit in the box and slap a guarantee on it. Yeah. And the guarantee is only as good as the people behind it. Right. Yeah. And that's that check Mark, that sticker means nothing unless you go check the batch numbers. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. It, there, there just seems to be so much corruption around this in my head. Like 
conspiracy oh. stuff. Like if you have a sponsored athlete, you are giving them the batches that don't have the stuff in it. Oh, you're get, I mean, how bad would it look for a, a sponsored athlete by a protein company to come back positive for something like that kills your company. So honestly, what we kind of like deduce from this is we think that, you know, those top level athletes are the ones that are getting the batch numbers that are tested. You know what I mean? They're the ones that are here's let's package up this box. Here's a slip showing it that we tested it. There's nothing in it um, because that's how you you know, stay a company. That's how you stay afloat. There's no way if, you know, whatever big name CrossFit athlete comes back positive from X, like that company is going down, you know? And because you're not a sponsored athlete, you just bought something. Well, you got it in a care package yeah. from a friend. Um, mm -hmm. You. And we and thought it was safe. That's the first right. thing. You know, we had taken it the year before too and trusted. I mean, Steve and I got drug tested. We'd taken it the year before and we're negative. Um, you know, we got tested at the games were negative. So it's like, we thought from that standpoint, but I even went back again and just rechecked. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm paranoid. I like know about this stuff. And it was just one of those things that we thought we were okay. Okay. So refocus again, Scott, let's get this done. <laughs> so, so basically don't take supplements unless you have to, mm -hmm. if you do make sure you check the batch numbers yes. in an app that exists. Yes. If you pop, you are going to be, your case is going to be heard by the same people at level one, level two, and level three. And they are going to conduct the investigation. They are going to level the sentence and yeah. they are going to determine guilt and innocence. Yeah. And you know, the, that's actually probably like the bigger, like, obviously I want athletes to protect themselves. Um, with the supplements and like be safe and, you know, make sure that you can check this and see that there's nothing that you're, you're going to be okay. But the, the other thing that I really think needs to change and that people need to start talking about is the drug testing policy needs to change. Like if you look at every other big sport, I mean, a, no one has the head of, you know, GM of the, uh, competition, the head of the CrossFit games, the head of athlete management relations, they're not the ones that are even related to drug testing. Right. Like, and I, I don't really, I really don't have anything against, you know, Curtis and Adrian and all those, they are way overworked. And the fact that they're the ones that are going further and like doing all these things, like any big sport is not, that, that's just not, it's not feasible and it's not fair. And it's not, um, it's not how you should run. Like it's plain and simple. That's on me. My okay. bad. All me on that one. Um, and that's what's so frustrating. I, I like those guys as well. They're, they're good dudes, right? Mm -hmm. However, they demonstrated during this process, they didn't even know the process themselves. Yeah. You're the ones making the decision whether you are guilty or innocent. And you didn't even know about the batching process. Exactly. Like, and then you, yet you're the person leveling the suspension yeah, and hearing the appeal. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just one of those things that um, if, if we want to be a sport, if we want to take this to the next level, um, it, that has to change because you can't have those head, head people at the top of the chain doing the drug testing head things over here because a, they don't have, they, they don't have enough capacity to do it. And B, they don't have the knowledge to do it. They're focused on other things. And this drug testing to us kind of felt like a, you know, just a thing that they had to go through this process and they don't know enough about it to be successful in it. Agreed. And I think Matt, lit, or no, Teddy listed off um, a list of job duties yeah. that Curtis had. Mm -hmm. and And drug testing is like, 10% of his daily duties. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, his, I mean, that list what, was exhaustive. So of what he was this doing. This is way and, too important to people's lives to yes. have somebody make it an afterthought in their job duties. Correct. I mean, yeah. And not even, not even so much myself, but you know, Steve's a gym owner, like his livelihood is CrossFit. And the fact that this was such like done so 
poorly in the investigation and everything was done by the same people. Like, obviously, if I'm a police officer and I arrest you for something, I'm most likely when I go to try you, I'm going to still say you're guilty, right? Like, you, you, no matter what you present to someone, they're probably not going to change their opinion. Um, and when you're right. messing with someone like Steve, and that's his livelihood as a gym, and, you know, tainting his reputation, like, you better make sure you've got everything right. And you better make sure that you know what you're doing. I agree completely because you're not only affecting the sport, you're affecting the affiliates now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And all the, and all the people that come to him to get healthy. Yeah. So I think we've gone through all the steps to help people on a macro level. So first macro level, what can be done to change the system? I mean, I, we did a second podcast on that because that was kind of a big thing for us. And I mean, we don't have all the answers, right? There's there's no way that CrossFit can afford WADA. And we get that. But you can afford a third party. And whether or not that looks like, you know, we have um, a pay to play. I know some athletes said that last year, you know, when all of these positive drug tests are coming out, like, you know, add add a dollar to everyone's open registration, add, you know, $5 to every quarterfinal registration, add, you know, whatever it may be that we can get a third party tested. And like, we've looked into this and there's um, different companies. And I think actually like England has a company that they, they don't have like a USADA like we do. They have a third party that does all their like hearings and stuff like that. Um, and all their like uh, investigation stuff. And so, you know, can we hire a company like that to deal with, you know, a couple of these cases a year where someone finds that finds the positive, you know, thing in their supplement and then have them further investigate that. So I'm going to combine a couple ideas. Mm -hmm. Brian Friend mentioned the possibility of creating a pro track, right? If you're going to go into the season in a pro track, Mm -hmm. You pay one lump sum at the beginning of the season for your season. Okay. Take a chunk of that money. I am sure we have scientists that CrossFit. Yeah. And create a board of review mm -hmm. that hears the appeal. Yeah. That's right? not, a, I mean, that would be great. And, and they only work a couple months out of the year to hear all the appeals. Yep. And you pay them for their time during that time. Mm -hmm. And you use that money from the pro track to do that. Yeah. That would be, that'd be great. But like I said, you, you have, it has to be a third party. It can't be the same three, four people doing everything. Yeah. They would not work for CrossFit. They would not mm -hmm. do anything yeah. with CrossFit other than this, be the, on this board of review. Yeah. And, that's, and maybe go that's, to an affiliate somewhere and work out. That's what's needed. For sure. Um, and if you look at so, if you look at WADA, USADA, the Australian um, drug testing, everybody has a third party because that's how that's how the judicial system works, right? Um, it, you just can't have the same person doing the same thing over and over and over again because the result's going to be the same. There's also some inequity as to who gets a two, who gets a four. Who gets a one? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask you, this is a little more conspiracy theory because we don't have facts yeah. as to why this happened because there's nothing written anywhere as to how you get a four, a two, or a one, or whatever they, they deem. Mm -hmm. If Steve wasn't so strong, would it have been easier for you to get a two? Potentially. I mean, we've gone through a lot of conspiracy theories as well. And, you know, potentially, yeah. Um, there's also, you guys brought up a, a theory that CrossFit has allowed open containers to be tested. Yeah. Well, so we, let me say, they never denied. Yes. They never denied. Yeah. That so they, we asked, that they you don't know, do it. We asked if they could um, just go over it because on so this was on steve's appeal so it was after mine um when i when things were listed when i was my sentence was listed it said i had a four-year ban there was someone below me listening have a two-year ban and we said 
you know, are you allowing, how do, how do we know the difference between these two cases? Like how come they got a two-year ban? We got a four-year ban. Like what's the thing? Um, and they're like, oh, we don't discuss that. And we're like, well, are you allowing people to send in open containers and saying that, you know, if they test positive for what was in their system, like that's good to go. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we take it by a case by case basis and we can't, um, you know, talk about it. And we're like, okay, well, by the law of averages, like, yeah, you probably are, you know? And from a standpoint, when we sent in a sealed thing, like, what gives? Right. And it that's an easy denial. If it's yes. not something you allow, it's very easy to say no. We why, absolutely why do not. Why wouldn't you say no? <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to, I want to, thank you so much for being so transparent and open on this. I know it sucks for you and the team yeah. and what happened to you. Um, I was heartbroken when I yeah. saw it. Um, if people don't know, you are the first athlete I ever judged. I know. In a major competition. <laughs> yeah. Saving me um, from some bench presses. <laughs> yeah. That damn Linda. I know. Um, so, with that, thank you so much for jumping on. I, I want to talk to you again in the future because I know you're still staying around the CrossFit space. Yeah. I think you, you're staying at Blue City doing some open testing and yeah. giving, out, giving out tips and tricks to the athletes there. Um, and I'm so um, excited that you're still involved with all that and that I'll still see you around yeah. uh, because uh, you're a great friend and I hope people learn from this. I hope that the, you are, you know, last year they created the Annika Greer rule. I'm hoping this year they do the, the Taylor Detman rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, right. I, I mean, from the same point, I love CrossFit. I'll, uh, that's something that's in my blood, but, um, and I, I will always continue to do CrossFit and I will continue to support anyone that wants to, to do it and compete and whatever it may be. But um, there's definitely some steps that things need to change. Um, some things need to be addressed from the CrossFit standpoint. Um, and you know, it's, it's just been extremely frustrating, um, to be in this situation, but it's one of those things where, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. And what really sucks is all this happened during your wedding <laughs> Yeah, and it's supposed to be the happiest time of your life. I'd love to have you on to talk about all that too. You and Matt, yeah. um, to talk about how all that went. But I want to thank you for being transparent with this and sharing this with the audience. And hopefully a miracle happens and they see the error of their ways. Um, but my guess is that's probably not going to happen. No, not definitely not happening. But Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Uh, we Thanks will see you next time on the Clydesdale Media News. <laughs>